welcome to the Nerd Party. Greetings, fellow scoundrels, and welcome to Great Shot Kid on the Nerd Party Network, the show that analyzes the work of Star Wars creators both within and without the Star Wars galaxy. I'm your host, uh, John Mills, and with me as always is my friend, Mike Schindler. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing okay. How are you? Oh, pretty good, thanks. And uh, we uh, we postponed the topic of uh, this week's episode. Uh, last week we we took a look at the work of Carrie Fisher. And uh, so this week we are um, going to be taking a look at uh, one of the works of Ryan Johnson, who is going to be directing a small film uh, here in 2017, uh, which I believe that they're editing right now, uh, a movie called Star Wars Episode Eight, which uh, which will be gracing screens in the coming year. Yeah. Um, I imagine there will be more to the title than that. But as of right now, it's just Star Wars Episode Eight. Yeah, pro- probably we're going to get something. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say probably somewhere around Aprilish we're going to uh, get the title drop. Yeah, like uh, right it, before it, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And I, you know, when I actually uh, there, I rem- after I watched Rogue One, I was uh, at a bar surprise, and there it was attached to the movie theater. And um, there was uh, uh, another gentleman next to me who had his Chewbacca hoodie on. So, of course, our conversation is I'm wearing my Boba Fett hoodie turns to Star Wars. And uh, one of the he I I guarantee you this is not true, especially given Disney's marketing machine. But he was insisting that uh, he had read that they were only going to release a one trailer for Episode eight and nothing else. And I I said, that's a very intriguing theory. That's fascinating. But I yeah, don't that's, think that's going to be true. That's not accurate. No, I can't no. see that happening. No. no, 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 no big budget movie is going to do that. They have way too much riding on it. They they want people to be breathing Star Wars uh, by the time that gets released. But yeah. uh, something that Ryan Johnson worked on was uh, Breaking Bad, and in specific, we are going to be doing a commentary on this episode for uh, the very well regarded and awarded episode Ozymandias, which is the climax of the series, really. Uh, It's the third to last episode. So if you haven't watched Breaking Bad, I would recommend watching the five seasons before watching this because it's going to lose some of its impact. Breaking Bad yeah, is available, of course, on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't just jump in here. This that would be a, an extremely bad idea. If you want, yeah. if you don't want to commit to Breaking Bad, shame on you. But if you yes. don't want to commit to Breaking Bad and you want to get an idea of Ryan Johnson's work on Breaking Bad, I would recommend watching the first episode that he directed, which is kind of a standalone thing called Fly. Yes, um, and it is a very good episode uh, in and of itself. Um, it is not uh, like the big finale of the series. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of just like a standalone character. It's a bottle show. It really is. I mean, the reason it why is. they they did it is because they just built a very expensive set, and they're like, let's do an entire episode on this set, and it's extremely well done. Highly recommended. Not nearly as good as this episode, but it won't ruin the entire series for you. Right. You're uh 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for for sure. Fly is a good entry point, though, if you want to just get a, a quick for how the characters relate to each other and who they are. I, I agree with you. That's a really good episode to jump in on. Yeah. But um, this one is Ozymandias. This is from season five. Uh, this is the climax of the series, and it's available on Netflix. So Mike and I are going to queue up our Netflix is right now, mm-hmm. and we're going to give you a countdown, uh, three, two, one, go. And when we say go, that means we've hit play. So three, two, one, go. And there is a uh, boiling beaker. Beaker. Yes, okay. uh, which you know defines so much about Walter White and his life, uh, especially his life as a uh, a meth cook, uh, the best meth cook ever. And we instantly know, especially because we've been you know with the show for a long time up to this point, that this is a flashback because uh, he has hair and a mustache, which uh, by the end of the show he is bald with a goatee. So uh, we know that we're getting a a flashback giving us a, sort of a, a quick intro back into the relationship between Walter and Jesse. And it, it works really well as sort of like a, a bookend because here we are at essentially the end of the series and we're seeing something which would have happened, you know, probably I think in episode one, you know, we're very yeah. close to it. And, you know, it's like same location and, you know, the way that they transition from, you know the the past to the present is is really interesting and you know kind of like speaks to how well thought out this show is on the whole oh, yeah. um you know this this is kind of an amazing series you know everyone who involved with it was bringing their a game and you know i would include ryan johnson in that category you know i mean i don't know looper is fine and brick is fine you know but like when when brick they is, well, when, just to interject really quick, Brick is one of my friends, uh, one of his favorite movies of all time. So, really? Have you yeah. seen it? No, I haven't. Okay, I will. Well, we'll we'll, we'll watch it for our uh, our our yes. sequ- sequel trilogy triple feature uh, series. But you know, yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, I mean, it, the, the, when when they announced, you know. Ryan Johnson, because, you know, J.J. Abrams was announced as the director of Episode 7, and I think a lot of people were like, oh, how many lens flares is he going to put in this one? Whereas I was like, oh, my God, that's the most amazing thing ever. And then when they announced that Ryan Johnson was directing Episode 8, there were a lot of people in, you know, film Twitter or whatever who were like, what? Oh my God! This is gonna be the best thing ever, because people are like really fond of of Looper and and other things. And and my reaction was kind of like, well, you know, he's made some good movies, you know, whatever. But that was before I had seen Breaking Bad, you know. And then when I saw Breaking Bad, he only directed three episodes, but you know, oh my God, you know, I mean, just look at this thing. <laughs> well, th- think of think of, you know. I actually I, I think this is a good one. Um, especially from the perspective of, you know, in the context of episode eight, he's the pressure to direct this episode of Breaking Bad, which when you think about it, people have been waiting so long. The first time it airs, it's all building to this. This is this is what it's all coming to. And to take that on his shoulders and, you know, essentially deliver as well as he does is just 
you know, I, I think it speaks well of him that he's going to be put in a high-pressure situation and he's not going to buckle. He's going to say, I know what's expected of me. I know what I need to do. And not only am I going to deliver, I'm going to give you something you don't quite expect. Because I can tell you, as a fan, as somebody who was with the show while it's airing, to come in with a flashback was unexpected. Was, oh, okay, what, what are you doing here? And, it, like, I like that. I like that it took you out of it and reminded you of how far you've come up to this point. So I hope that there's some element of that that he's able to work into episode eight. Because if you think about it, it's probably going to function the way Empire does of being, you know, that there's a lot of dramatic weight to it. And then episode nine is going to have to resolve everything. So here you have something that is really an emotional core episode of Breaking Bad. And immediately we're thrown in and the characters are made. We're reminded of them again. Like we're we're not allowed to be complacent coming into it. It doesn't give us what we're looking for, which is the big payoff immediately. Yeah, I mean it's interesting that you say that. I I mean I guess thinking about it in a lot of ways, this episode really sort of is like the empire of Breaking Bad, you know. In a large way, yeah. It's like it it doesn't. It's not the the big finale, right? But it is like where you know everything hits the fan. Everything is thrown into absolute chaos. Everything that we've been, you know, anticipating and waiting for for the past five seasons finally happens. And yeah. really the the last two episodes are sort of like a weird resolution to like almost like a postscript, you know, to 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 that. You know, it's like it's it's where everything is resolved and the story finally does end. But like Whenever, you know, you, you think about the show and you think about, like, the, what you're waiting for, you know, in yeah. watching it, it all happens in this episode, you know? And yeah. it ends it ends on a very dark note. You know, this is the darkest chapter in Breaking Bad, which is saying a lot, you know? it It's saying so much because, <laughs> you know, you have, you have this slightly comic flashback to start things and everything fades. Then you have the titles and every, you hear gunfire while the, the, the screen is dark and it comes back in. Everything fades back in. And here's Hank, the guy who started out as the a-hole brother-in-law who you come to understand is the actual hero, the only hero of the characters yeah. that you really get. And he's been shot in the leg, and he's desperately trying to stay alive. To win, like he's not just laying down; he's going for a gun. Like the odds are so far against him. And here are these these people. You know, you you see in the in the opening part, Walter White, family man, coming up with a cover story for why he can't come home. And in this, you look at the people he's with now. You know, his family member is the one who's wounded and at the mercy of these people that he's now associated with. These reprehensible people that are just, you know, I, I mean, like, it, it's so, it's such a, it's such a juxtaposition. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really well done. I mean, this this series is considered to be one of the best television series ever made. You know, I mean, that's that's an established uh, fact. And this episode by far is considered to be, I think, the best episode of the entire show. And, you know, as an extension of that, it's not at all a stretch to say that this is considered to be one of the single best hours in television history. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's, absolutely. 
that's not an exaggeration. And no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really, really, really well done. Um, the 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 script uh, won the the Emmy for for best uh, best dramatic uh, writing that year, and the series won you know best uh, best drama. And uh, this this episode is is truly amazing. I mean, so here we have. I mean, it's interesting. Like just the people who they get to to star in this show, the the caliber of talent. You know, I mean, like, this guy here yeah. is uh, Michael Bowen, who I, I it took me a while to to make the connection. Like, because he looks so different than he does in in a lot of the things that I'm familiar with him with. But he he's in. A lot of Tarantino movies and a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson mm-hmm. movies. Well, one Paul Thomas Anderson movie, but he he's the dad of of uh, the the quiz kid in um, Magnolia. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's. Oh my gosh! No, net, <laughs> oh my gosh! You're right. And oh, he's man. he's he's the nurse in the hospital at the beginning of Kill Bill, and he's yeah. one. He's the uh, the I don't know who he's with. It is it uh, ATF. Um, one of the guys, or is he FBI? One of the guys working with um, Michael Keaton in uh, Jackie Brown. Oh wow, wow, yeah, yeah, and and uh, yeah, and then right yeah. behind him, you know, his his nephew is is played by Jesse Plemons, who you know it's so crazy to see him in this. Like when I was watching this show, I was simultaneously watching <laughs> Friday Night Lights. And you know he's like the nerdy you know kid on on Friday Night Lights, and here he is you know as like this a stone cold sociopath. Yes, yeah, who lacks any humanity or moral center at all <laughs> in any real sense of the words. That's that's true, but at the same time he has like that same awkward quality that he has on Friday Night Lights, you know, where he's like, yeah. oh hi, yeah, I don't I don't mean to you know be a, a bother or anything but i was just kind of thinking that it would be nice to do this extremely right. terrible thing you know uh, it's it's and, you know and uh, just right here okay first off they you know they dropped the f bomb you know which i can't remember but i'm pretty sure was bleeped uh when it aired live oh could have been yeah but to speak to the you know again johnson coming in and directing something, we expect this sort of emotional weight from episode eight. Like, we all knew that episode seven was going to be more fun-focused. It was going to be more evocative of the original. We all know that the middle one has this darkness. And you look at this this exchange with Hank and with Walt, where Walt is not willing to accept how... Oh, I just... Yeah, and Hank... Man, what an what an ending for him. But this scene right here, right, where Walt falls, the way it expresses so simply, yes, this is this is Cranston's performance, but also when he falls and we have the the glare of the sun and this overwhelming everything about it. And just the way that it's handled, the camera just like I you know, the camera then cuts to the nephew who seems to have an emotional reaction and which doesn't even seem to make sense. Like, it's just it's such a heavy scene and it's handled so perfectly that just blows me. You know, it blows my mind. 
It does. Yeah, I I did not watch this show when it was on the air. I watched it uh, a little while later um, as part of a thing that I've been doing where I've been watch, trying to like basically go through and watch shows that are on the, the Writers Guild's list of like the top 100 written shows of all time or whatever. And um, because of that, like being on Twitter, you know, obviously everyone on social media was talking about Breaking Bad. I remember when this episode aired because I remember being on Twitter and seeing all of the reactions completely devoid of any context. But it was crazy just seeing everyone say the same things. And, and it was most of it was just this emotional response to what was going on where it's just like, you know, screw you, Walter. Oh, my God, you're terrible. I hate you. I hate you so much. You know, I mean, just like all that stuff. And well, this, yeah, <laughs> this this shot, you know, of of uh, you know Walter, you know, on the ground or whatever. I mean, it's it's pretty iconic. And for the longest time, like in my mind, I had it as like the final shot of the series, just because <laughs> of yeah. Ryan Johnson actually um, tweeting. Do you remember or are you aware that this show was remade? For Spanish television? I did not know that, no. Oh, wait, no, 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 the whole show, yeah, 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 yes, 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 I remember that story. It's called, like, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it exactly in in Spanish, but it's called, like, metastasis? Yeah. And Uh, Metastasis. Metastasis? Yeah. Okay. Because when cancer spreads, it metastasizes. Right. Metastasize. Right. Yeah, I trip over that word, too. Yeah. So it, I, this show, like, I guess they, you know, they, they like compressed it into, you know, like far fewer episodes, but uh, 34 episodes, but they told the entire story. And like, you look at like individual frames from it, which, you know, he was like pulling out and uh, like, as he was watching it, I guess, just because yeah. he thought it was like the most amazing thing ever. It like, it's almost a shot for shot remake of the original show just yeah. in Spanish, you know? It's apparently like it's become like sort of a cult thing. Like it's it's kind of this crazy like alternate reality Breaking Bad or whatever. And yeah. he had he had that picture up, you know, when he was doing his sort of like his his watch through of it. He put he posted that picture on Twitter, but from the the Spanish version of the show. And I just always assumed because of the way that he was doing it that that was like the scene where Walter White died, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, then, though, but but that's but that's also the 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 brave thing about the way everything is structured uh, with this episode, with this show in general, is that the death of Walter White is like the death of Michael Corleone in Godfather Part Two. Spoilers: He doesn't actually die, but his spirit his spirit is gone. Yeah the the person that the the last vestige of goodness or anything worthwhile about him is gone. And it's mm-hmm. about to happen while we're watching it right here because this is the moment where people would have... Bl- like, I, I assiduously stayed off of social media at all costs when this show was on. Oh, I would yeah. go dark for the whole day. And coming up right here, where Walt makes this decision, is mm-hmm. just... Th- this is the moment where Walt is truly dead to me. He I mean, is you know, th- this, is, this is definitely, just, you know, 
I mean, this is definitely part of it where, where, you know, he says to, you know, like, you know, you need to kill Pinkman or whatever. And, but the thing that he does right after this coming up where, you know, he's, (laughs) he stops and he, he, he reveals, he confesses, I guess you could say to Pinkman about, uh, the, the death of Jessica Jones. Um, that, that is just like completely cold hearted, you know, like it is. Well, no, but the thing is it, it, it echoes it's it's a lot like um the ending of the show the shield which also had a terrific ending i i haven't seen that one uh uh there's one season that's sort of like yeah where like you you know why they continued to you know why they felt the need to come back and, and give it another season afterward but um the 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 moment here where where walt you know says it to jesse where he is about you know where he tells Jesse what what he did, what he stood by and watched. I, I just, I, I mean, I still have this this emotional reaction to it that is just like it just boils over because you know, I, I you know, like I, I, I can't even put it into words. Just how ridiculously cruel it is. How yeah. we've been lying to ourselves through this whole show, and the Shield does the same thing. We're lying to ourselves through the whole show. That well, at least Walt's motivations, you know, it's to it's to help his family. It's to help. This moment right here puts the lie to that whole thing. You can't hold on anymore to any idea that there's anything, even sort of like a, a base noble motivation that got him into it. Walt White has always been a bad person mm-hmm. from the beginning, and this is this is the evidence of it. And even you know the the choice right here. And I know, you know, there are a lot of people that work on the show, but the way his jacket pops in those shots uh, with with everything that's going around, there's, you know, there's a lot of dark colors, there's a lot of oranges, but his jacket sets him out. Like it visually immediately throws into relief that he's the move. Oh, geez. Yeah. And I watched (laughs) her die. I'm sorry, man. That's just. Yeah, man. It, well, yeah, no, I mean, like what you're talking about, you know, with the costume design and everything, I, you know, obviously there are a lot of people who work on it and obviously like, you know, Vince Gilligan is, you know, the, the, the master, you know, hand in, in this whole thing. He's the one who's putting everything together. But, you know, that doesn't change the fact that, you know, Ryan Johnson is the guy out here who actually needs to do it. And, I mean, I really have to believe, you know, that the way that this show is sort of um, created is similar to the way that, you know, Battlestar Galactica was created, which, you know, uh, Ron Moore and and everyone else has been very open about on their commentaries, you know, where, you know, basically once the director got on the set, they were given, um, you know, the the go-ahead to change things as they saw fit, uh, on, you know, as, as on the day, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you needed to change a line, if you came up with something new and added to the scene, you know, that then you would do that. And I've got to think that most of the, the visual, uh, you know, um, uh, cues and stuff like that, that we see yeah. are the work of, of the the directors you know the filmmakers and you know they've got top-notch directors working on it you know johnson being one michelle mclaren 
you know, being another, you know, she was, I think, one of their their lead directors and everything. And, you know, they're they're all really, really good. And, you know, you talk about like cinematic television, you know, and and people would would refer to that going all the way back to things like Twin Peaks and the X-Files. And now it's become like very much a thing with the Sopranos and Battlestar Galactica and everything. And I think that, you know, everyone is in agreement that Breaking Bad is one of the most quote unquote cinematic television shows in oh, history. Hey, right? Yeah, absolutely, hands down. And I you know, another choice that probably I, I wouldn't have even thought of at the time, but I'm noticing right now that I think is also very telling, very cool, um, is the credits didn't appear until after he gets in the car. Yeah, it's, it's they the didn't second, have it's the yeah. second commercial break, the second act. Right, but they didn't allow this to distract you from the drama that was going on right in front. They they like that that in and of itself I think is a great choice because yeah. it, it there's nothing to take you out of the moment. You're able I think that the 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 fact that you're able to completely go into it and there's no constant visual tick to remind you this isn't real allows you to really invest yourself in the moments that came you know beforehand yeah yeah the first credit on screen in this episode comes 18 minutes into the episode that's right nearly halfway through the episode which is pretty crazy but you know i mean it's it's definitely a a good choice you know because now we, we are sort of relaxing that 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 tension from that first scene has has dissipated a bit um, you know, it's weird because like it, this episode had been built up so much. Everyone was talking about it. You know, I mean, for the, it, as soon as it aired, people were like, that's the best episode of the show, you know, by far. Yep. And, you know, that that had always been there sort of for me as I was watching it. I always knew, like, I got to watch out for Oz, Ozymandias and, and everything. And um, then when it it was about to when I when I was getting there in my my watch through you know like a lot of these I would watch like if I was on the train or whatever you know on the go kind of you know out of the corner of my eye just because I don't have time to sit down and watch an entire you know television show and I always right. knew from the very beginning that like when I got to this episode I was going to save it and wait till I could go home and watch, you know, just like the last three episodes, you know, all the way through, you know, under right. ideal circumstances and everything. And, I mean, I, I, you know, fully agree that this thing is amazing, but I think it had been built up so much in my mind, like I was expecting something on like, yeah, yeah. you know, the same oh, yeah. level as, you know, Citizen Kane or something like that. And when it was quote-unquote just this i was kind of like that's it that's what i was waiting for this whole time okay yeah i i mean i i consider i consider that too bad because i uh i i have a cousin who didn't watch it and you know i learned the lesson repeatedly through time where i try to underplay any positive or negative reaction that i have when i when i'm discussing somebody discussing something with somebody that hasn't seen it yeah. And I think that Breaking Bad was one of those things where what a lesson, <laughs> you know, because he came out of it and he has sort of a even though he wouldn't admit it, sort of like a, a an immediately contrarian impulse. So it had been built up so much including by me 
that by the time he watched the series, his reaction was, yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and your natural reaction as somebody who enjoyed it is, what, what's wrong with you? What are you talking? Yeah. Why don't you love this so much? And it's, you know, I, I definitely think that stuff completely, uh, you know, it, 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 play, it plays into things. But just the title of the show, which they drew attention to when they were building up to it, because during, you know, season five and building up to the end, uh, they had um, uh, they they had Walt's voice saying, "Behold, my works, ye mighty and tremble," which is from the poem Ozymandias by Percy Bysshe Shelley, and it's so telling. Just the title of it, because Walt wanted so bad to be the king, to be, you know, the the god emperor of everything, and you know, and then in a sense. Titling it Ozymandias and then thinking of that line, behold my works, ye mighty and tremble. It's not look at what he's built. It's look at what he's destroyed. Everything that he has laid waste to through this series. And that is that is what I think makes everything about this episode work so well is it's it doesn't flinch. It doesn't give you an out to to forgive him in any way. You know, like when he's pushing that barrel through the desert you want him to die. You want him to suffer and and starve and lose all of the water in his body and be done with it. And it's just, mm-hmm. um, you know, and now you have Skylar. You know, Skylar as a character was unfairly maligned. It, it always drove me nuts through the series, Lifetime, because people wanted to uh, uh, identify with or like the main character and Skylar was always a roadblock to him. She was always questioning him. She was always trying to derail him. She was always trying to get away. And there was a very uncomfortable backlash to that where people would like say nasty things about the character. And like I, I just I never understood it. And then you even see her here. She's the one that always has to bear the weight of the choices Walt made. Walt, until this moment, has never accepted responsibility for anything that has happened. And even now, you know, by by selling out Jesse and then telling the 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 horrible truth to him, Walt is still finding a way to shift anger and blame off of himself. And Skylar is left to deal with the the ashes of everything. It's really it's so it's so poignant the the, char- the you know the role that her character plays. Yeah, I guess I I never, you know, since I didn't watch it live and and I really did watch it by myself, you know, kind of in isolation, like aside from, you know, those those reactions that I would see online, which were completely out of context, you know, I I had no real sort of idea of of what people thought of this series in terms of the nitty gritty, you know, I mean, I haven't even really discussed much of the series on the whole with with anyone you know I watched it by myself you know all, all that stuff so I, I was completely immune to that kind of thing and like hearing people's reactions to like characters and stuff like that and you know which characters they like and which characters they don't and all that stuff I kind of like I don't even like relate to it in in a way you know because like when I'm watching uh, I think like a lot of modern television whether it's this or Mad Men or The Sopranos or whatever like I, I guess I don't ever really feel like oh I like this guy I can relate to this guy or anything like that I, I think that yeah. te- television has really sort of it's weird like it 
it's really taken the place of like the art film. And, you mm-hmm. know, like I, I, I sit there watching something like Mad Men and I'm like, how does this not only end up on TV, but have like such an extremely large audience, you know, because this is some rather abstract stuff which is going on. And like I've seen movies that are kind of like structured like this and people don't respond to them. I mean, yes, there are, you know, people who are like, you know, this is a masterpiece, but for the most part, you don't see like the general public responding to, you know, movies like this. And yeah. and I kind of feel like that with Breaking Bad. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of shows, but you know, Breaking Bad is one of them where like I don't feel like I'm supposed to relate to any of the characters and because of that, I don't feel like an emotional attachment to anything. Mm-hmm. I really see it as just sort of like a series of events which is playing out in front of me. You know, and I'm I'm reacting more than anything to just the overall like uh you know the overall story and not like rooting for anyone not right. you know like I- i'm i'm more interested to see how it plays out than you know to to see anything else like i, I don't feel like i mean there- there's people i know who are saying like oh my god this show is so intense you know like i can't i i could i had to stop watching this show because of how intense it was on a week to week basis and I mean, I, I definitely see what they're talking about, but I never really felt that because I was just so intrigued by what was going on from an unemotional standpoint. Well, like, I think the, the I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think that uh, where where it gets you and where people, you know, I, I don't want to say relate to, but, you know, when you know, to see the the entry point being a father who has enough trouble providing for his family and a baby on the way finds out that he's got a terminal illness you know you, you can you can say oh gosh well all right i i can understand you know making a bad decision cuz you're desperate sort of thing but in terms of relation oddly enough i think that that really i i agree with you i can't relate to any i haven't gone through you know, something like this, but the character of Jesse is the human one because he's the one that you can feel pity for in a very large sense because he's just a dumb kid mm-hmm. who got caught up. And you, th- there are so many points during the show where he tries to get away. He tries to get out of what Walt has built. Yeah. And Walt keeps pulling him back in or Gus pulls him back in or like he's the one that's, that is actually trying to just be done with it. And then mm-hmm. in this episode, I think it's so, it would have been so easy for somebody to decide to kill Jesse to eliminate the plot line, but to have him be the one living in hell for what Walt did. He's paying the, the, the you know, he's paying for Walt's sins yeah. where he is. And to have the family life that he was trying to establish that Walt played with and manipulated to have that be the leverage to keep him in there he's actually making uh under duress a similar sort of choice like walt makes a bad choice to do this thing for his family and jesse is forced to do this thing he no longer wants to do for his family 
So that there's a very, I think, very interesting mirroring in this episode that is that makes it just really that much more impactful. Yeah. And then you know, Walt's blood son, his real son, finds out the truth and wants nothing. You know, I mean, I can only imagine you find this out about your your parents. It's like, oh, wait, what? You, yeah. <laughs> you know, my God. You know, and here's and here's Skylar again. She's the one bearing, you know, the the weight of Walt's sins as well yeah i mean this is where like all falls apart you know i mean starting with you know the death of his brother-in-law and now here his you know family's hand is is forced in terms of you know well well i guess you know his 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 wife is is forced to tell his his you know um son about the situation and it's like all of this stuff which has been sort of like you've been walking on eggshells for you know, five seasons, and now they all crack. You know, and I, I think that that's that's really kind of crazy that it 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 all happens. You know, in this one episode, and this is where I mean, I think that's why people respond to this episode so well, and it, it happens in a rather, I guess, unexpected way. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's yeah. expected. I don't know. I I don't think you, no, you, can you know really th- th- expect th- th- it. I, I, again, I you know, and I you know, I'll call back to the shield again, where it had a similar sort of ending in in the one sense that this show, this episode, Ozymandias does not go the way you think it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Nothing about this played the way anybody really expected it to happen, and by subverting that, it winds up creating something that is like you can't see any other way for it to have happened. You know, this is one of those rare shows. And I mean, specifically this episode where this is not what anybody was predicting was going to happen. Because of course, as fans, you know, you know, your favorite show is coming to an end. Everybody's like, Oh, I bet this is going to happen. I bet this is going to happen. And nothing has happened like that in this episode up to this point. And you just, but at the same time you think to yourself while you're watching it, yeah, but what else could they have done? My ideas were kind of dumb by comparison, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know if I really had an idea for how this was going to end. I mean, I always assumed that he was going to die. I thought I thought he had to die in the last episode. But aside from that, I mean, I guess I didn't really have any ideas. Well, I think when you're watching it live, and, this, this, you know, it's rare nowadays to watch a show live. Usually we're we're binge watching. Yeah. But in the moment to have to wait between season breaks to have to wait over the summer to have to wait you know week to week that definitely with this show that definitely lent itself to try you wanted to guess because you you hated the end of this hour every week yeah because it would end and you're like ah geez i gotta wait now no that's so tough to do yeah i even felt like that on sort of a micro scale i mean i've talked about this a lot but what what i've been doing for like the past two years now I guess is I've I've picked like the top seven shows off of Netflix that are on the Writers Guild list and just to sort of not bore myself but to fill in all the gaps I need to fill in I've started and I'll watch like episode one of all seven shows and then I'll go back and I'll watch episode two of all seven shows you know and I've just been doing that so like with Breaking Bad you know my own personal sort of like <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, I, what I, I would do, I'd watch an episode and it would end like this episode ends and I, I wouldn't just go right to the next one. What I would do is I'd 
watch six other television shows and then go back. And it was like, oh, God, you know, like, you know, an episode <laughs> would end. And I'd be like, I have to watch an episode of Friends, an episode of the Dick Van Dyke show, an episode of the Twilight Zone, you know, before I can get back to Breaking Bad, this is going to kill me. You know, I'm like trying to burn through those as quickly as I possibly can so that I can get back to this, this show. So I can only yeah. imagine what it was like, especially, I mean, you know, I, I imagine it's similar to, I mean, the, the my experience with that, I guess, more than anything, would have been Battlestar Galactica, you know. Yeah. But this this scene here where Skyler, I mean, color is very important in Breaking Bad, as I'm oh, sure yeah. you, you picked up on. And people, you know, talked about the color theory and Gilligan was always, you know, very forward about the color theory with everything. But Skyler is in white. She's dressed like, you know, the, you know the bad guy wears a black hat and the good guy wears a white hat sort of thing like the Western. And she finally stands up to Walt and she's wearing white. She's wearing the heroic color, mm-hmm. uh, if you will, you know, the, the, in the Western. And I think that, you know, I mean, that's definitely not accidental, but here she is like everything in this. And what's amazing is the first time you're watching this because they have subverted so many things up to this point you believe yeah, that somebody I mean, can die right here. Yeah. You, you don't you don't doubt that somebody can die right here. And you see here again, Walt is completely the monster he always claimed he wasn't. Mm-hmm. You you see the real Walt again coming through and the family was the artifice. Yeah. There there, there were n- numerous moments in the series where, like, I mean, well, for example, just the first scene, you know, with, with his brother-in-law where it's like, is he going to die or is he not going to die? And I'm, like, fully expecting him to get killed. And yet at the same time, like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, he's not dead yet. You know, it's like... yeah. It's like, uh, you know, is is like th- there's like this this moment or whatever where it's like the tension is kind of like to the point of like I really don't know what's gonna happen. It's like Schrodinger's Heisenberg. Oh my god, or this like part that. right here where he grabs the baby. <laughs> just I, I mean, as a, as a dad, as I mean, I just can't even, I, you know, like I I just every yeah. every choice he makes, he is such a dick yeah i know this is like one of the things where it's like wow you know he's willing to i can't i can't i can't (laughs) like you know this is actually this is one of those things too where sometimes as a dad or as a husband you think to yourself oh you know i can sort of be a jerk and everything and this is like one of those shows where you can sit there you can watch and be like okay all right well (laughs) i'm gonna come back down to earth here and not feel so bad about getting you know a little testy about the fact that the pizza was eaten i wasn't home Okay, you know, like, okay, yeah. I, I know I need to work on that, but at the same time, I didn't steal a baby <laughs> and jump in a pickup truck and drive off, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, and look at Skylar. She's got the, oh, man, just what what ballsy choices. I mean, seriously, what incredible choices for this episode. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, all the crazy places that this episode goes, you know? Um and and it's it's not even done yet, you know. I mean, there's still other places for it to go. Right. But. Exactly. Exactly. You're, you you know we're, we've still got like eight minutes left, but this is the, this is that terrifying moment when you're watching the episode because you knew that this, you know, they had promised there were going to be two episodes afterward, but this is the climax. Mm-hmm. This is the point in the episode, the first time you're watching it, where you suddenly 
you realize there isn't enough time to resolve anything. Yeah. Nothing's getting like zero is getting resolved in this episode. You're fine with it, but oh god, this scene too. I, I'm sorry, like this sort of stuff is just this is such incredibly heartbreaking moments because for you know for the two reasons that one the baby is calling for mama walt is realizing what he's doing he's a bad person but really this and the thing is you contextualize like earlier in the show earlier in the series you're like oh well walt is having humanity come through that sort of thing what walt's reactions really are contextualized as from my point of view in this episode and it sort of like works backward for the rest of the series this informs everything that came before is Walt's moments like this his sorrow is about him realizing who he really is yeah he's so selfish he's not sad because a baby wants her mama he's not sad because he had a knife fight with his wife who was put up with so many mountains of crap from him or that his son called the cops on him. He's upset because he can't lie to himself in those moments. Those are the moments he can't lie to himself. I mean, that that, that could be. But, I mean, I think that, that the character is, you know, definitely, you know, super complex. And there are moments, you know, it's like, okay, we just saw him steal a baby. We just saw him, you know tell uh jesse you know that he watched his you know his mm-hmm. girlfriend die and he could have stopped it if he wanted to you know all that stuff but then you've got like this scene where he's you know very clearly trying to you know basically get skylar off the hook right right and you know the the way that he does it it's it's very smart and you're kind of like oh you know but at the same time there's also that thing of like he's trying to right his wrongs you know <sighs> yeah i mean i guess this does start the arc that carries through in the last two episodes where he works to wrap things up mm-hmm. but i still i mean i you know i i mean anybody listening to this commentary has probably watched the whole show by this point yeah that's i don't know maybe 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 my read then i i do think it that the scene with the baby informs how he's been lying to himself the whole time. But maybe to speak to your point, the baby is the moment where he realizes he has to do what he can to write the ship before time runs out. Mm-hmm. Maybe the baby is the key to him. Maybe almost like a Darth Vader thing. Oh yeah. my God, what have I done to my children I'm a monster, but at least I'm going to make sure that my kids can survive. And I mean, I think he has moments like that throughout the series. I mean, the the scene where he lets, you know, Jessica Jones die is, yeah. you know, I mean, you, you see like the horror on his face, you know, where he's like, I cannot believe that I'm doing this. But it's like one more step in that direction. And then he well, it, he ends he, up but, being OK with it later on, you know. Well, he has he has that reaction of I can't believe I'm watching this. But at the end of that, I, I invite you to go back and watch it like his face goes blank where he mm-hmm. he has this after reaction where he's like, well, it happened. OK. Yeah. Now that most normal human beings point. would carry around guilt for the rest of their lives about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's true. That as since 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 this is a uh, a, a Star Wars podcast, I I, I just want to note, you know, in, as far as uh, Aaron Paul is concerned, 
Um, they did, you know, Jason Reitman does those live reads of yes. movies. Yes. And they, where they have like, basically they recast, you know, the, the a movie with, you know, actors or whatever. Um, yeah. From, and, and then they do like a, a live, like basically reading of the script with like the various people playing the, the roles that were originated by, you know, whoever. So they did one for Empire Strikes Back. And in that, um, Aaron Paul played uh, Luke. And yeah, I, I think that. that that's, I mean, obviously the age is not right or whatever, but as far as like a, you know, an audio thing is concerned, I think that that's pretty great casting, you know? I do. Uh, this specific moment right here where he says, you're never going to see Hank again. Yeah, that's, yeah. This, I want to say, th- this is an incredible moment, but a, a whole other thing that I think people, <clears throat> it's easy to blow past. I don't think fans of the show do, I like... It would be easy to blow past. Maybe the, the, the show has prepped you for it up to this point. But the fact that they've taken his sister-in-law, who was such an annoyance, yeah. such a jerk through the whole thing, and you feel such human emotion for her in that moment. You realize that any of her shortcomings that she ever had, she never deserved this to happen to her. And it's just it, it's a heartbreaking moment that just makes you sick to your stomach. Yeah, yeah, the, like the horror on on the faces of of his family in that scene is, is you know crazy. I, I always think of um, the, the scene from Terminator Two where yeah. uh, they rip off uh, the the flesh from from the, the from Terminator's hand. Yeah, yeah, and, and like the horror on 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 everyone's face in that scene. It's like that's like the same thing that's happening here, you know, only verbally, and and that's pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, I, I hope that this speaks to some some of the emotional weight that we would see in episode eight. Like, I, I don't want to conjecture. We don't know what's going to happen. But can you imagine Ryan Johnson coming in and uh, Kylo Ren having a scene where he realizes what he's done and what he's been? Yeah. Like, I'm... what what an incredible moment that could be. I'm not saying we're going to get it, but I would... I, I have faith that Ryan Johnson is going to deliver us something like that. Yeah. Something where we're going to be emotionally wrecked at the end of it. Yeah. And I mean, you've got to place it in the proper context, you know, of a Star Wars movie and everything. But if he's able to, you know, reach, you know, Empire level, you know, in terms of emotion, I mean, that's going to be, you know, I don't want to get my hopes up or anything, but at the same time, you know, seeing this really makes me think that you know there's a shot at uh, at some greatness in in episode eight. You know, I mean this this to me more than anything proves that Johnson is capable of directing a Star Wars movie. I know that sounds and, strange. No, but but the thing is here here again you have an Empire esque ending. Empire Strikes Back. People walked out of that theater in in 1980 thinking well. I mean, I guess it ended. I mean, I guess, it, you know, like the, there's Empire has an ending. If it had never picked up after that, it's disappointing because you want to know what happens next. But like this, if this show had ended with this episode, if this had been the end, I still would have been satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I guess I would have, too. Um, although, the, you know, they did. I mean, everyone talks about how this is one of the few shows that, you know, really does stick the landing in terms yeah. of uh, the the ending, and you know, I mean, I agree with that. You know, it's it's pretty pretty solid. What what comes next? 
I, although it does go to like a really weird place. You know, that's definitely true. Yeah. Well, that uh, brings us to the end of the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, thank you to everybody for uh, coming along on this commentary with us. Uh, we have enjoyed, you know, doing it, rewatching this episode. So thank you to everybody for coming along uh, with us on this commentary. Uh, is there something we missed? Is there something, some insight that you have uh, to to go along with this episode of Breaking Bad? Maybe some insight that uh, could be carried over into what you expect from Ryan Johnson for episode eight. If so, reach out to us at thenerdparty.com slash contact. Look up Great Shot Kid and go ahead and reach out to us. And you can also reach out to us on Twitter at JoinNerdParty. You can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash thenerdparty. And uh, Mike, where can people find you out there in the wilderness of the internet? Uh, you can find me on Trek.fm doing Stage 9 with you, where we talk about the people who make Star Trek. And you can also find me on CommentaryTrackStars.com, where we do audio commentaries for uh, movies and TV shows, as well as other things. Uh, I do have a commentary on there for uh, Fly, the the uh, the episode, the first episode that, that Johnson directed. Um, and then you can also find me on Twitter at Mumbles3K. And, of course, you can find me over uh, as Kessel Junkie on the Internet. You can find me here on the Nerd Party Network uh, co-hosting Aggressive Negotiations uh, with Matt Rushing, uh, the aforementioned Stage 9 over on Trek.fm, and co-hosting Words with Nerds with my pal Craig. Uh, And uh, once again, thank you, everybody, for joining us on this journey. To prepare for our next journey, we are going to start looking at the work of the editors of Star Wars, uh, specifically Episode 4, A New Hope. And we're going to uh, take a look at, uh, first, the work of the editor Richard Chu and his work on Francis Ford Coppola's The Conversation. 